Good evening, Hillcrest Baptist. Lovely to see you this evening. Just wait for the presentation to come up. Am I meant to be pressing? There we go. Okay, so another meditation for those who are not familiar with the meditation. So what we do is we focus our attention on a short portion of scripture. We quieten our hearts before the Lord and we try and mine the deep things from God's word. And that's what we're going to do on verse 3, but we are going to read from verse 1. So let's read from verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to your precious word, we would now ask that you would speak to us through it, that we might learn deep truths, that they might sink into our hearts and our lives, that you would give us that attention now at the end of probably a busy day for many. You would give us that attention that your word deserves and you would focus our hearts and minds. We would plead for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is our text tonight, Isaiah 61 verse 3. You would have picked up from the context that this is a messianic passage. Uh, the Lord Jesus in um, the book of Luke 4 verse 18, he picked up the scroll in Isaiah. He read from this passage and he said, today this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And so this is about the Lord Jesus Christ and what the Messiah would do when he came to earth. So, what is wrong with Eeyore? Well, this is a professional assessment that I picked up. Eeyore seems to have the psychological disorder known as chronic dysthemia. This donkey lives a very sad life. The authors do not have enough history to diagnose this as depression or to know if early trauma contributed to his condition. He has chronic negativism, low energy, and an inability to feel joy. My layman's interpretation of that, he has a sad, negative, 
and gloomy disposition. So, sadly for Eeyore, there is no hope. He's a fictional character, and his character remains the same in the books with a gloomy outlook. But we are going to see tonight that an Eeyore-type disposition ought not to characterize believers. The Lord Jesus has done something wonderful for us. He has given us a particular comfort so that we ought not to be characterized as an Eeyore. Three headings tonight as we focus and meditate on this word. Our first heading. The Lord Jesus is coming to bring comfort, so who is he going to comfort? And let's look at our text. There you can see that what the Messiah's mission was, was to console or to bring comfort to people. But it is not to bring comfort to everyone. Only a specific people are going to receive that comfort. It is a comfort for those, this text says, those who mourn. Those who experience sadness, sorrow, and grief. But it is not just, or it's not for everybody who mourns. The text tells us that it is for those who mourn in Zion. Now Zion is the name either given to the area of Israel or to Jerusalem itself. This is the promised land where God's people dwell, where God is worshipped, and where God gives his knowledge and reveals himself to this people. So these people are those who mourn in Zion. They are mourning because they have been exposed to the true religion. They have a relationship with a holy God, and they are sinners, and so they mourn. Do you see that this, in this passage, is a religious sorrow and grieving and mourning? It is for sin. It is not for the comfort. It is not for everybody in the world. It is only for those who mourn. It is not for all the mourners either. It is only for those whose mourning arises out of a true religion and a knowledge of a holy God. We have descriptions of this type of mourning in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it is called having a broken and contrite spirit. And there are other descriptions. In the New Testament, in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the poor, or blessed are the poor in spirit, they will inherit the earth. I want you to notice that in that verse, it is not everyone in Zion who is going to receive that comfort. It is only for those who mourn in Zion. They've had an encounter with the Lord, and they are mourning for their sin. There is a humility and a contriteness before the Lord 
And they are the ones who are going to be comforted by the coming Messiah. I just want to pause here and really draw your attention to this. The comforts that are now going to be explained and elaborated on in this verse only apply to that type of person. It is not for everybody. It is only for those who are mourning for sin and for no one else. That mourn, those who mourn in Zion, is a gateway for what follows in this verse. And if you don't go in through that gate, you do not get the comforts that is expressed in this verse. So be aware of that. It is critical in this verse to understand. So that was our first heading. Who is going to receive the comfort? It is only those who mourn and have deep grief and sorrow for their sin because they have had an encounter with a holy God. Our second heading tonight. What is the comfort? What is the comfort? We now have three Old Testament pictures or symbols describing the transformation that the Lord God is going to do for these mourners. The first one we see here is that he's going to give them beauty for ashes. Now in the Old Testament, if you mourned and you experienced deep anguish and great sorrow, you would cover your head with ashes. You would make a fire, you would take those ashes once they have cooled down and you would throw them over your head so that you would become dirty and blackened in your appearance. What the Lord is going to do for those people who mourn for their sins is he is going to give them beauty instead of ashes. That Hebrew word for beauty, what it actually means is a beautiful crown or turban. They are not going to remain in the state of mourning. It is an intense mourning which could possibly move to depression and a joyless existence. But they are not going to remain there. God is going to do something beautiful and wonderful in their lives so that they receive comfort and beauty to replace the dirt and that downcast person is going to be lifted up. Secondly, the Messiah is going to do this. For those who are mourning, he's going to give them the oil of joy. This is speaking about people going to a festival. It was a custom in these days that when you went uh, to a festival, a celebration of joy, you would dress up and you would anoint your head with oil. Ladies, I know that in today's fashion, you try and avoid oil on your head, but this was, in those days, uh, fashionable. It was beautiful to have oily hair. And it is the oil of joy that is going to be given 
to these people. So it is as if these people who are mourning are going to a celebration, a joyous celebration, and they are going to be transformed and lifted up. The image of getting dressed up for a joyous festival of the Lord or a celebration is continued. They are going to receive a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. They are not going to stay in a state of gloom as if life is just heavy continuously. No, they are going to receive a spirit of praise of the Lord as if they can say with David, my cup overflows with goodness. That is what the Lord is going to do for those who mourn for their sin in Zion. A spirit of praise. I just want to stand back here and just reflect on this. For those who mourn in Zion, they experience grief, sorrow for sin. We would then expect that for those people, that is going to be the constant state of their lives. Their lives are going to be characterized by ashes, sorrow, mourning, a spirit of heaviness. So that Christianity is going to be joyless, gloomy, and fairly depressing. And it is not so. The Lord is going to do something for you and I. He is going to lift up the downcast. Those are words of restoration. They are words of healing and they describe a life of beauty, of joy, of gladness, and of praise. That is what ought to characterize the life of a believer because of what the Lord has done for us. I just want to pause here again and bring your attention to three very important points. Remember the gateway. You don't get the beauty, you don't get the joy, and you don't get the praise from the Messiah if you haven't gone in through that gate of mourning and sorrow and grief for your sin before a holy God. A brokenness of spirit then receives this comfort and this lifting up. And that prevents this beauty, joy, and praise from being a superficial, always smile type of an act of mindless, giddy joy in appearance before people. That is not what it is. Here is somebody with a deep humility, a deep work which the Spirit of God has done in them so that they have mourned and sorrowed for their sin and a lifting up of a beauty and a deep joy and a genuine praise so that it is not something superficial that we have to put on, always smile and just 
a mindless joy and a giddy joy for appearance's sake. Believers go through deep valleys, and that is a sincere, joyful praise which the Lord gives to his people. Second point I just want to make, going through that gateway of poverty of spirit prevents the beauty and the joy and the praise from being something flashy, something to show off to people, a like in-your-face joy. I have seen that in churches and in believers where they feel they have to make up this joy and that every sentence has to be punctuated with praise the Lord for everything and it comes across as superficial, made up, trying to be flashy or trying to show off. A Christian maturity comes through going through that gateway of having a poor spirit and having the Lord lift you up and give you this deep joy, a true, genuine praise for him. And then just thirdly, notice in the verse that we receive a comfort. It is something that is given to those who mourn. And that prevents us from an attitude that I have earned this or I have picked myself up by my bootstraps and have now given myself a positive attitude to life. That is not what it is. It is something that the Lord has given to them. They have not deserved it. They have been poor in spirit, mourning their sin, and the Lord has done something wonderful to them. It is a gracious gift of the Lord so that there is no boasting. Christianity is not about earning anything from the Lord, nor is it a self-help manual of we pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. No, we receive grace from the Lord, a gift. Our third and final heading tonight. So what is the outcome of the comfort when the Lord brings this comfort to his people? What is the outcome? You can see there that the word that means that there is outcome. The Messiah comes to console those who mourn. He gives them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, so that here is a result and an outcome. What is that outcome? They will be called trees of righteousness. Why trees? Why, why would we be called a tree? Um, in the Old Testament, a tree was a symbol of strength, steadfastness, and constancy. These people are going to receive this from the Lord, lifted up so that they will be called trees of righteousness, an inner strength, a constancy, and a steadfastness. Not in anything, though, in righteousness. They will have a character 
of righteousness and inner strength that keeps them in righteousness. I just want to elaborate a little bit on this. This beauty, this joy, and this praise arising as the Lord lifts us up from a deep humility and poverty of spirit and a sorrow for sin gives us Christian character. Imagine this Christian characterized by beauty, by joy, by praise, as they go through deep valleys in this world. Do you think these people would forgive much? They would, wouldn't they? Look where they came from. They were the ones who were mourning. And the Lord lifted them up and gave them beauty. He gave them joy. He gave them a heart of praise. They have been forgiven much and they have received much. And he who is forgiven much loves much. Do you see how that is Christian character that results in righteousness? Would those people be quick to forgive? Well, they have been lifted up from mourning for sin. Their sins were forgiven, and they were given joy, beauty, a, a, a heart of praise, and they would be very quick to forgive. These people will be trees. They will be constant during trials, and they will extend the grace that they have received to others. This here is at the heart, I believe, of Christian character that characterizes us as trees of righteousness. The Lord lifting us up, giving us joy and praise and beauty from a broken spirit and a contrite spirit. This is quite interesting. Look what it says. That the result is that they may be called trees of righteousness. That is called trees of righteousness by people who know them and see them. They look at a life that might be going through deep waters severe trials, they see in these people a mourning for sin, a poverty of spirit, and yet that the Lord has raised them up to joy, to praise, a spiritual beauty in them, and they call these people trees of righteousness for what the Lord has done in their lives. And they look at these people and they see that these are pillars of strength. They are trees of righteousness. And it is what the Lord has done in their lives. The closing verse emphasizes the fact that these people are not have not picked themselves up by the bootstraps. The Lord has planted them. He has done this for them. He has given them beauty for ashes, that the Lord may be glorified, not that the tree may be glorified. The Lord gave it to them 
And so it is obvious that they are the planting of the Lord. He has done the work in them so that the Lord may be glorified. And so we need to close. And here is the question to you and I. Are you and I a tree of righteousness to those around us? Am I characterized by a deep, humble joy? Do I often have a heart of praise, not of grumbling or complaining, but a heart of praise, even though we're walking through the valley? Does your family call you a tree of righteousness? Do your children look to you and say, Mom and Dad is a tree of righteousness? Do your colleagues know you and me as a tree of righteousness in the workplace? Somebody who is strong in the Lord, constant in their testimony, filled with joy and with praise and with a deep humility for what the Lord has done for us? Or are we rather characterized by complaining, which is the opposite of praise, a gloomy outlook because the economy's down, the country's not in good shape, are we characterized by negativity or a fearful heaviness? Just everything is so heavy and difficult. That is not what we ought to be characterized by. This is not attractive. And people will look at us and not calls us, call us trees of righteousness. So as we close, I want to become a tree of righteousness for the Lord. I want to have this joyful character and have a constant and abiding attitude of praise for what the Lord has done in my life. It is not joy and praise because things are going well in my life. They might not be. It is not because God has made all of our paths smooth and the economy is up and the world is in good shape. It is not. The world is coming into judgment and going from bad to worse. It is a life that is joyful in what the Lord has done for us, in his salvation and his grace that is extended to us. How do we get there and grow? It starts here. Mourning in Zion. Having a sorrow for your sin which gives you a deep humility and a poverty of spirit. You will not grow in the Christian life unless you start with this foundation and go through this gate. And the Lord will then give to you as a gift in his salvation, he will give you beauty and joy and praise where we would otherwise have just known ashes 
mourning and a spirit of heaviness. And we receive this from the Lord as we focus on what he has done. He restores us, he heals us, and he transforms our lives. And we need to demonstrate that to the world. The result, as we display this character, is that we will be called trees of righteousness. Those with a deep inner strength, our children, our friends, our family, will look at us and say, this is the planting of the Lord. Here are people with strength and constancy and Christian character and righteousness so that our lives will glorify the Lord. Let's pray. Our Savior, what a wonderful thing you have done for us. Because of our sin to us belongs mourning, ashes, heaviness, but because of what you did on the cross, you have given us the oil of joy. You have given us beauty. You have given us praise and gladness. What a wonderful work you have done. You have restored us and you have healed us. And we pray that we might rejoice in that. And that as we go out into the world, we might be rejoicing because of what you have done for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.